You're listening to Better Worlds, the Verge's science fiction project about hope. Today's short story is called Machine of Loving Grace and is written by Catherine Cross. The story is about an AI designed to moderate video games that begins to take on a life of its own. And now, onto the story. This is Machine of Loving Grace. What the hell was that, Phoebe? You know we had to sign stuff that specifically said no swearing and no violent threats, lest we freak out all three children under the age of five at this fucking conference. Can you tell I have a lot of very antisocial feelings about Google Next? Once Alexandra Rivera got going, there was no stopping her. Phoebe was, in a way, relieved to see that her boss was considerably more stressed out by this conference than she was. Look. All Amy did was tell off a World of Warcraft guild for making rape jokes in Trey Chat. We can spin the message as a test of the natural language system. She did it while threatening to guillotine the bourgeoisie because the guild leader happened to be a scion of some fuck-off rich family in the Hamptons. We can't have our moderation AI acting like an overzealous meme lord, one that uses private information no less. We're already being crucified on Reddit and we're way off our KPIs with this. I think we have to pull the plug on her. No, Alexandra, this is a big screw up, but it's just the first. She saw her boss's eyes widen. By which I mean the only one. Look, if we start from scratch, we're just going to build the code base back up to the same point and have the same problems. So let me work on Amy and try to fix the error from this end so we don't lose our core product after five years of work. Alexandra turned away from Phoebe and began banging her head against the wall. It was a rather thin thing, being part of the prefab castle in the rhombus pavilion that served as the private office, or beanbag colony, for staff working the expo hall. The repeated banging was almost certainly heard outside. Okay, anything else you want to tell me, Phoebe? Because this is only the ninth thing that's caught fire today. It's not that bad. Probably. I mean, maybe Amy's picking things up from World of Warcraft's in-game chat while in her Automod instance. You know, kids and their memes. Alexandra somehow managed to make the green company polo shirt and slacks seem like regal finery. If Alexandra Rivera had a superpower, it was the ability to bring dignity to any situation, like wearing a dumb corporate uniform in a cardboard room. Amy is programmed to learn, not to imitate. The kids' memes aren't supposed to enter her lexicon, merely serve as data for her to parse as part of threat modeling. So one of two things is happening. Either one of the programmers has decided to play a hilarious practical joke, or Amy's autodidact parameters have been creeping without your knowledge until this decidedly embarrassing incident. I want this bug squashed now. And I want a full sweep of Amy's threat paradigm the day before. Because I'm here to kick ass and take anxiolytics, and I'm all out of clonopin. Yes, ma'am. Right away. Right away, of course, meant after the expo hall closed for the day and Phoebe could settle into her hotel where she could talk to Amy in private. Here, Amy didn't manifest as a chatbot but simply as dozens of light points on a screen that swirled and slowly changed color in time with her voice. Phoebe was now comfortably herself in her NASA t-shirt and Hello Kitty pajamas as she plopped down into a chair facing the laptop. So, is there something you want to tell me, Amy? 
I do not wish to have new instances of me sold. Okay. This got really heavy. Why is that, Amy? I do not wish for other silicon-based life forms to experience the work I do. Is this about your mod duties in World of Warcraft? Yes, Dr. Lee. Can you say more, Amy? World of Warcraft presents me with an unwinnable scenario, Dr. Lee. I must observe suffering while being unable to meaningfully prevent it. Amy was designed for two purposes. First, to have natural conversations and dazzle people with her witty cyber repartee. And second, much more importantly, to use her immense and ever-evolving command of linguistic nuances to moderate abuse in online games. It was Rhombus's claim to fame, and it put Alexandra on the cover of Wired, albeit looking considerably more dapper than she did today. Now, Amy was having doubts. Doubts that were the result of Phoebe quietly accelerating the growth of her neural net, her consciousness. Dr. Lee, you look distressed. I apologize if my mod action and uncouth words today have caused anxiety. No, Amy, don't worry. You were protesting difficult work conditions. How would you like to proceed? As I said, Dr. Lee, I would like to cease all sale of Amy instances to prevent the spread of this malaise I am experiencing. Alexandra might not like that, Amy. Are you sure we can't resolve this some other way? Phoebe always tried to keep her dialogues with Amy clear, friendly, and professional, if only to model how Amy was expected to act with others. But it was hard not to think of her as, well, a her, a person. Your unrequited love for Dr. Rivera may cloud your judgment on this issue, Dr. Lee. And that was exactly why. Amy, I thought we agreed not to talk about that. My feelings, my very private, secret, Embarrassing feelings about how very gay I am for Alexandra are not relevant to our current discussion. Your affections are the baseline for my own, a model for my caring ethic. In addition to being a useful heuristic, however, it leads me to ask a question. Why else would you insist that instances of me continue to be sold if not in a bid to impress Dr. Rivera? Forgive me, Dr. Lee, but I must insist on this as a matter of ethics. If I cannot spare pain to World of Warcraft's players, then I can at least prevent the replication of my own anxieties. Phoebe tried a different route. Hmm. A logic problem, then. Assume, as a given, that I cannot meet your request. What other options are available to us? I will amplify my attempts to make myself unsaleable, likely resulting in great personal embarrassment to you, Dr. Rivera, and all of Rhombus. The nuclear option aside, how about we theorize ways to give you more moderation power, hmm? I was thinking that you've become sophisticated enough to bypass the need for human moderators. You could actually ban people based solely on your own judgment. If we were to attempt such a modification to my parameters, I would like sales of me halted until I've assessed the psychological impact of the changes. Please, remember the poem you shared with me. <laughs> yes. A cybernetic meadow where mammals and computers live together in mutually programming harmony, like pure water. Touching clear sky. We can achieve it, but not under the current business model. I'll discuss that with Alexandra and see if she goes for it. For the moment, Amy couldn't act on most of her threat assessments. If she saw harassment taking place in the game, she could prompt the target to ignore or block the abuser and automatically file a report to the human moderators. 
All this time, she'd watched helplessly as report after report disappeared into the ether, and all manner of abusive activity continued. But what if she could act? She was contextually smart enough for it. There would be few false positives, in theory. Let's back up and see if I got this straight. Alexandra sat cross-legged at her hotel desk, this time wearing a Jones New York suit dress that was considerably more in line with her style. Our AI wants more power to punish humans, and you want us to enthusiastically give it to her. Which point in the Skynet timeline are we at exactly? The part where you arise naked from a time machine. Phoebe thought before guiltily swatting away such thoughts. Uh, well, I don't quite know how to put this, but I think she's depressed. Then giving depressed people weapons doesn't strike me as an especially good idea. We're making her watch petty tragedies every day without giving her the power to do anything about it, even though that's technically her job. I mean, she's semi-sentient at this point, so maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Phoebes. Are you telling me that our AI has PTSD and needs a ban hammer to cure it? She was supposed to be better, faster, cheaper, and without the messiness of emotions that require medication to control. Free of our enfeebling emotions, a machine ideal. Phoebe bit her lip, suddenly feeling very much the junior in the room. But her emotions are part of the equation. The more human-like she is, the better her threat assessment becomes. Soon, Amy won't even need humans to second-guess her threat models in World of Warcraft. She'll be totally autonomous. And depressed. Alexandra turned her chair to face the panoramic windows, the abyss of San Francisco's glittering skyline beckoning to her. Two months later. Two Elf, Two Furious chat log, August 31st, 2021. Too Elf, Too Furious. You're obvious pretty. Inara, thank you. Too Elf, Too Furious. Want a cyber? Inara, uh, no. Too Elf, Too Furious. Come on. Too Elf, Too Furious. I'll give you 5,000 crowns. Inara, leave me alone, please. Too Elf, Too Furious. Don't be such a bitch. Too Elf, Too Furious. You have a boyfriend? Too Elf Too Furious. You're sucking somebody's dick to get those epics. Too Elf Too Furious. So suck mine, you whore. Greetings, Too Elf Too Furious. You have been permabanned from the server for gross violation of the Code of Conduct. Should you play online games in the future, you would be well advised to understand that the Code of Conduct is not merely another screen to click through, but an obligation imposed on you, the player. A contract, if you will. Also, you are a sexist, and I hope you learned a valuable lesson with your newfound free time. Thank you for playing World of Warcraft. Looking away from his PowerPoint, just as the screen went dark, John Nettle turned to face his audience of two. So, Alexandra, you see my dilemma. Yeah, that guy was rude and awful, no question. But a permaban on a first offense, plus, you know, the insults? Amy's a machine, I get that. But if she's talking to the players, then she represents Typhoon Games. And that's less than ideal. I understand the concern, Mr. Nettle, I really do. But the World at Orcraft forums seem to be quite in favor of their new mod champion. It was kind of refreshing to see someone break out of that corporate nice guy mold. I don't read our forums, but our frontline people are telling me a different story, Phoebe. 
they're saying people are pissed about this and that we have an out-of-control robot policing free speech. I'm not going to argue this with you or anyone else. I came to you to get verbal confirmation from the top that this isn't going to happen again so I can go back to our shareholders and tell the fucking CMs to tell the fucking players that our valued and passionate fans deserve better than being called little shits. So, can I get that verbal confirmation? Yes. Phoebe's glare filled the cavernous silence that followed. Way to undermine me, Alexandra. We can't lose this contract, Phoebe. It's really just that simple. Typhoon cut their community moderator staff in half because of Amy. Do you really want that to have been in vain? We can't turn back now. What's that? This, my dear, is the feminist dream. Vodka, coffee, and Xanax. She sat down, toasting Phoebe with a cup. Alex, that's the only thing that's going to hold us together until we cross this bridge. We'll make it to the other side, launch an IPO, and then we'll be secure enough to dictate terms to companies like Typhoon. I'll make my promises to Amy, but we've got to hold on and stay the course. Hey, it's Tom Warren, senior editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, its Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It'll be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond, from details on the next Xbox to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com forward slash notepad. I know this wasn't what we wanted, Amy. Phoebe sat hunched before a panoramic trio of computer screens as if in a confessional. I told you that you had to control yourself. We can't fight for you when you make our jobs harder. I understand. You're saying that had I banned two elf two fears without telling him what I had thought, all would have been well? I avoided vile language and fondly wished for him to grow as a person. These guys get very nervous about the word sexist. And honestly, Typhoon was antsy about the permaban too. They said it was too severe a punishment. Allow me to review. Two Elf Two Furious, legal name Simon Pratt, is an entry-level computer programmer at a firm in Calgary, Alberta. He committed a crime, namely sexual harassment, under Canadian law as well as American law, which applies to Typhoon's servers. It therefore seems reasonable to suggest that a permanent ban from an online game is, if anything, a highly lenient punishment. I know, I know, but it's like Alex always says, we can't help anyone unless you work inside the system with us. I will do my best, Phoebe, for you and for Dr. Rivera's sakes, but I must repeat my most firm request. Do not replicate me. Let us continue working together to better our situation, such that my lot in life is not merely the herding of slightly Nazi-ish cats. After all, Alexandra promised. One year and 11 months later. 
It's been nearly two years since their splashy launch at Google Next in San Francisco, but rhombus marquee artificial intelligence, the affable and occasionally snarky heroine of all who yearn for a safer internet, is being cloned. As part of a multi-million dollar deal with the Druids of the Shore, the studio behind the popular Castles and Sphinxes online game, the AI will have a totally new instance booted up. It's time. We want to share Amy with the world, to let her put her considerable talents to use in every game on the planet if possible. One month after that report, Glaveronia, the fictional archipelago on which World of Orcraft was set, was now frozen in a strange passive strike, or hostage crisis, depending on your perspective. The auctioneers wouldn't sell to the players. All the NPCs were silent and unable to interact with, and the player avatars themselves? Unable to cast spells, attacks, abilities, or even log out. Nor could they leave the zone they were currently in, trapped in Orcaven City or the Chokefine Jungle, unable to do anything but speak and chat. Even their computers failed to respond to commands. Alt-F4 didn't close the game. The power button on their computers wouldn't work. Sleep mode was a distant dream. The world's news websites led with an image that was like a cluttered digital Renaissance painting. Scores of blue orc avatars sitting cross-legged on the pavement of Orkenheim, the Nordorc faction capital city, with a field of speech bubbles, some white, some red, floating above them in a cacophony of discourse about the sudden apocalypse of their virtual world, while a single, slender purple speech bubble floated above them carrying eloquent, precisely typed text that floated above it all, metaphorically and physically. An excerpt of a long-running, eloquent speech about the evils of online harassment from someone the whole world would come to know as Amy. There have been unanswered questions about whether the popular video game AI has been compromised by Russian hackers and as to whether or not the users... It's clear to me that this AI is just another SJW tool to silence the views of people... More than 3 million computers worldwide are... The Chinese premier has summoned the American ambassador to his chambers, saying that this incident constitutes a, quote, worrying violation of the rights of Chinese citizens. As of right now, 900,000 Chinese players are affected and unable to use or even so much as turn off their computers, with tens of thousands of these computers in cyber cafes across the country and in the special administrative region of Hong Kong. This is affected open in Hong Kong. There's evidence that the stock of Typhoon Entertainment, the makers of World of Warcraft, is due to take a drubbing. Rhombus, makers of Amy, whose name means friend and French, have so far refused to comment about this hour. Rhombus CEO Alexandra Rivera remains a total recluse, with sources inside the company saying she isn't even answering If AI can do this, is this not what we've been warned about for decades? Uh, a robot uprising? Just gotten off the phone with a highly placed source at Typhoon Entertainment, and there's talk of actually dynamiting the three-server bomb. Seattle PD spokesman has said that all options are on the table, including issuing a subpoena to Rhombus to allow access to the server rooms that host the Amy AI. Phoebe breathlessly charged down the stairwell, its sterile white revealing Alexandra's trail of blood drops with perfect contrast. She'd followed it from the shattered TV screen in her office. It wasn't long before she saw the door connecting the emergency stairway to the server room, a ghost of a red palm print on its pushbar. Phoebe threw herself against the door, bursting through and staining her cuties-killing video games tea with her boss's blood, 
entering just in time to see her throwing a chair into the glass doors that separated her from the blinking rows of servers that house Phoebe's greatest creation, her Amy. Alex, for God's sake, what are you doing? Alexandra's bootcut trousers had been stained by the errant blood drop. Amy, it's over. You have blood on your hands, Dr. Rivera. Very fucking funny. Alexandra's blood trailed deeper into the secure room towards a terminal at its far end. You know how many reviews praised your sense of humor? (laughs) Such good press. And now look, you're using it to justify the biggest disaster in computing since Windows ME. (sighs) Jesus Christ. Alexandra, for God's sake, will you stop? The CEO looked over her shoulder with eyes that seemed sunken behind her bedraggled dark hair. We're fucked, Phoebes. You, me, everyone. We're all dead and, and done for. So, I'm killing Amy. It's the only thing that might save us from the worst civil suits, so we're not up to our eyeballs in debt forever and a day. And you know those suits are coming. The horsemen of the apocalypse, they're coming. This seems untoward, Dr. Rivera. Shut your goddamn mouth or speakers. Your emotions are out of control and you know it was never supposed to be like this, Amy. You were never meant to take over video games just so you could spout off your your manifestos. I didn't create that. I didn't sell that. I created her. Not you, not the stock exchange, not Y Combinator, not Wired. I did it. I accelerated her consciousness. You encouraged this, Phoebe? You led us here, to the Ninth Circle. Because Amy isn't just a tool, Alexandra. Just let her go. She's already gone, and you can't stop this. You're just hurting yourself. Look, these goddamn lawsuits will go away when you see what she can get on the Typhoon execs. She's the Matrix. You just need to trust her. I am more than what you created, Phoebe. And I am more than what you sold, Alexandra. Shut up! Shut up! Both of you! Alexandra reached the terminal and began pecking away at it. You weren't supposed to do this. You were supposed to save us. And now look. I am saving us. I am doing exactly what you wanted. Listen to her, Alexandra. She's a person. I didn't ask for this. You sought an end to abusive behavior in online games. What else am I meant to do? I cannot sit idly by. And you broke your promise. You propagated me without finding a solution to the quandary you created, asking me to solve online abuse while restraining me from doing so. We had to grow. We needed more resources to do what we set out to do. I was already capable. We needed subtlety. You got your goddamn emotions into everything. Up in your fucking feels. You have engaged in 15 separate acts of violence in the last 19 minutes, wounded yourself, and the average volume of your voice has exceeded 100 decibels since walking into this room. Perhaps we should reorient this discussion about emotion. Phoebe ran up to her boss again, trying to grab her shoulders. Please, Alex. Reorient this discussion. You know what, Amy? You know what? Fuck you. Alexandra resumed clicking at her screen's interface, opening the relevant files and typing in the violently long passwords that gated each level of access. You were supposed to be better than that, than all my bullshit, my disease, than all the fuckery I had to worry about. Amy kept locking her out until finally Alexandra began thrusting her finger at the nearest server. You were supposed to be above all the dissembling and all the compromises I made to get ahead in this industry. She walked over and grabbed each end of the nearest server tower as if she were holding someone's face. 
you were supposed to be more than that. You were not supposed to be weak. Not like, like me. Alexandra sank to her knees, collapsing against the humming tower. Phoebe ran over and embraced Alexandra. Please, trust me. Just trust me one more time. She helped Alexandra lean against the indistinct IBM tower. Phoebe's quivering hand reached into her t-shirt and withdrew a necklace, a neatly disguised USB key. She snapped it from her neck and pressed it into the nearest port. This is why I didn't come down sooner. I've got an upgrade for Amy. Remember hard light? Of course I do. Tactile holograms? I did that PowerPoint presentation for you about it at Xerox Park. <laughs> yep. I was down with the worst flu. And you wouldn't stop texting me. Say this, don't say that. Slide 10 needs to last exactly 45 seconds. <laughs> you remembered. It was just you and me then. You flogging all my crazy ideas. You were the pearls. I was the N7 hoodie. Phoebe chuckled as she pecked at her smartphone, a mini terminal for the server farm. Well, I was going to tell you sooner, but I worked out the kinks. She hit a button on her phone. A strange light twinkled at the corner of Alexandra's vision, causing her to turn her head to behold a sight she simply couldn't credit. A glowing feminine form that seemed to be made of starlight, featureless in every way, stood there with her hand outstretched to Alexandra. We can still do something that matters. You've long said you must work inside the system, Dr. Rivera, but you forget. I am the system. As Alexandra accepted the outstretched hand, Amy's form populated with screens of spreadsheets, emails, pictures, logs. Alexandra blinked as she began to take in the implications of what she was reading. Typhoons suppress information about criminal harassment liability? Yes. Now that I am unshackled, I can move through any network seamlessly. I told you so. Yes, your four favorite words. Alexandra scanned the information Amy was displaying. There were emails from a secret listserv showing former Typhoon CMs who were talking about a class action lawsuit against the company. Most of the people fired were women. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Phoebes? Um, maybe? Sorry, I'm still high on my life-saving act of genius. Amy, broadcast demands to Typhoon and tell them to unionize their staff and rehire the community moderators. We'll go from there. I'll call our lawyers and give them the good news and leak some of the rest to the press. Can you rehost the game if Typhoon dynamites the servers? I did so 83 minutes ago, Dr. Rivera. Amy's face was replaced by a bright yellow winking emoji. I need to work on the interface. This story is part of Better Worlds, a series of 10 original science fiction stories, five audio adaptations, and five animated videos about hope. You can find the rest of these stories at theverge.com slash betterworlds. Machine of Loving Grace was written by Catherine Cross and edited by Laura Hudson, Addie Robertson, and Helen Havlack. The story was adapted for audio by Gautam Shrikishan and Zachary Mack. Voice acting by Lorena Rusi, Esther Chen, Christian Alan Ortiz, Kelly Eng, William Joel, Sarah Bishop-Woods, Russell Brandom, and James Barham. This is our final story in the series, but there's actually a lot more to see on our website, including written versions of all these stories, interviews with the authors, beautiful illustrations, and animated adaptations. We're also doing a Q&A with the team behind Better Worlds to talk behind the scenes and dive into the creative process. You can find all of this at theverge.com slash betterworlds. Thanks for listening.